0: What up, it's your boy, the Mark Rob, a.k.a. Sean Matt Love, a.k.a. Gordon Darks, a.k.a. PC Twitter, a.k.a. 4i Willie, a.k.a. All My Wishes, <laughs> Coming at you with a new episode for We Should Do This Again Sometime. In 2020, one of the things that I did to keep myself sane was diving headfirst into new movies. For hours on end, in the crib, I watched a heavy load of films. I revisited classics I already loved, like Deep Impact and The Secret Garden, but also watched some new-to-me classics like Call Me By Your Name, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and The Talented Mr. Ripley. In total, I watched 143 new-to-me movies last year. One of the 143 movies was a film called Vision Quest. It's pretty much lost in the shuffle of 80s high school and sports films, but Vision Quest follows a coming-of-age tale of 18-year-old Loudon Swain as he falls head over heels in love with a beautiful drifter just before the big wrestling match. On the surface, you can pass Vision Quest off as a horny teen movie with a predictable winner-takes-all, loser leaves town showdown. But below that, this one was actually about a young man wrestling, literally and figuratively, with his sexuality. It's the only 80s movie that I can think of that shows a teenage boy reckoning with the fact that he may be bisexual. The covert, homoerotic tension in the film is real, and Lance Swain isn't sure how to deal with his attraction to men in the face of being attracted to beautiful Carla, the drifter. Vision Quest is predicated on boys being isolated with other boys, a lot of times scantily clad, touching and throwing each other across the gym mat, (laughs) where the camera is not shy about lingering on them. The movie begins with Loudon being hit on by a man in a hotel room. (laughs) and when that same man checks out unexpectedly, Loudon misses him. Later in the film, there's a car ride scene with Loudon and Carla. They're discussing another man that may or may not be attracted to Carla. In conversation, (laughs) Loudon tells Carla that he would make it with the English teacher who may be attracted to Carla, who happens to be a tall, handsome, thoughtful, and intelligent black man. (laughs) In Vision Quest, it is pretty smart that the movie doesn't tell us how to feel one way or the other about Loudon's sexuality. Even Loudon, he doesn't necessarily make a choice either way, so I thought it was pretty interesting. This was in February of 1985. In November of the same year, an even gayer and scarier film was released, A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. This was the second installment of the nightmare on elm street franchise the original was a mega hit and an instant classic while looking at the original film through the context of 2021 may be a bit jarring in the moment nightmare on elm street 1 was a pop culture moment the follow-up freddy revenge wasn't necessarily seen in the same light as the original but it may be the most thoughtful use of freddy in any of the original seven films the queer undertones of Freddy's Revenge is delectable, because it's not at all subtle. <laughs> From the main protagonist having a gender-neutral name, Jesse, to the "no chick" sign on his bedroom door, to his high-pitched, read-feminine screams, it's amazing that this may be the only horror movie with a male lead that's an actual scream queen. Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street Two is about a young man wrestling and trying to kill his homosexual urges. To protect his secret of being closeted, Jesse manifests a hyperviolent Freddy Krueger. Even in the HBO Max description, <laughs> it kind of gives it away. Freddy starts invading his dreams but really wants to take possession of the boy's body. <laughs> the first time that Freddy and Jesse converse is one of the books. Got special work to do here, you and me. You've got the body. I've got the brain. There's not a lot of killing in Nightmare 2, but the first two kills are highly interesting. Freddy first kills Jesse's openly queer gym teacher. For some reason, Jesse is drawn to going to the neighborhood gay SNM bar. There, the queer gym teacher finds him. Once caught, the gym teacher forces Jesse to run laps. Afterwards, Jesse hits the showers. (laughs) While Jesse is showering, the gym teacher is attacked with his own gym equipment, including sticks and balls. (laughs) Uh, Then the gym teacher is tied up, while naked, and his bare ass gets spanked with a towel. <laughs> oh, you can't make this shit up, man. Oh my god. When the gym teacher is murdered, Jesse snaps out of a trance and is revealed to be wearing Freddy's iconic finger knife glove. Afterward, we get the scream of a lifetime. The next kill, Ron Grady, is a boy that befriends Jesse, only after Grady de Jesse to expose his ass. <laughs> and if you're counting at home, we've seen two men ass cheeks already. <laughs> two sets of asses already in this one movie. During the night of the kill, Jesse breaks into Grady's house while he's shirtlessly sleeping. The next bit of dialogue is highly interesting to your boy the fuck you doing in my room i need you to let me stay here tonight something is trying to get inside my body yeah and she's female and she's waiting for you in the cabana and you want to sleep with me after the conversation freddy is manifested again and grady is killed both men whether grady or the gym teacher they either know or deeply suspect jesse's queerness and they die for their troubles there's more queer subtext of Freddy's revenge but i won't ruin the fun (laughs) Watch A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge on HBO Max, and let us know what you think. And also, overall, 1985, there was a lot of gay movies out here. If you're into queer and queer coded films, also check out Desert Hearts, The Color Purple, and Just One of the Guys. It seems as if the 80s were more than just slasher films and cocaine. Who the fuck knew? He's inside me. He's inside me, and he wants to take me again! It's, it's got to be everything you've taken in. Uh, Schneider, the, the diary, the glove. He... owns me.